Hello and welcome to the Forest of the Fae. Here on Pop Culture Fae, we take a look at movies, TV, comics, and other popular media through the lens of the queer folks of society. I am Miller C. Lashbrook, and I am your host on your journey through the Forest of the Fae. This week on Pop Culture Fae, I share my top 23 nerdy releases of 2023 that I am most excited for. I hope you enjoy. Before we get into our topic for this week, we have Faye News. Faye News is the segment where I cover all this week's big entertainment news that caught my eye. Uh, So first in Marvel news, specifically for the MCU, it was uh, revealed that Deborah Jo Rupp is coming back for Agatha Coven of Chaos. She was Mrs. Hart in WandaVision. I think she's best known for her work on that 70s show uh, as Foreman's mother. And um, it really seems like with some of the other announcements, like we know Dottie's coming back as well, that Coven of Chaos, maybe not the whole show, but at least in part, is really going to be a sequel to WandaVision. And we will see more of Westview, it seems like, in this show. Which, I mean, that's where we last left Agatha off. So that makes sense. Also, just kind of looking ahead for the MCU, uh, it's pretty. There's some pretty heavy rumors floating around that this coming week, uh, early in the week, at some point, we will probably get our final trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania, and tickets will go on sale since that movie is a little over a month away. It comes out February seventeenth. In Star Wars news, the second season of The Bad Batch premiered this week with with its first two episodes. Uh, This is going to be airing week to week on Disney Plus for the next couple of months. Uh, So uh, definitely a great way to kind of ease into the Star Wars content for the year. And I think even at one point, Bad Batch and Mando might overlap a little bit once we get into early March since... The Bad Batch seasons are a little longer. In TV news, the Golden Globes will be airing on Tuesday night this week. That would be the 10th. Now, the Golden Globes usually air on the first Sunday of the new year that is after new year's so last sunday was the first so it wouldn't have been that sunday uh so usually it would have been the eighth tonight that the golden globes air however um last year they did not air because of the controversy around the makeup of the hollywood foreign press association and some of their practices so this is the first um aired golden globes in two years so it'll be interesting to see how many people actually watch it, what the show looks like, how many celebrities show up to it, because a lot of um, actors and actresses are not very happy with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, so it'll be interesting to see. 
Uh, that's Tuesday night. In gaming news, PlayStation announced that they are making an accessibility remote for PlayStation 5. Uh, the goal of this remote is to make play on the PlayStation more accessible for persons with disabilities. Um, <clears throat> it really, I, it's really cool to see specifically in the last couple of years how the gaming industry is really trying to broaden their scope so that all different kinds of people of different abilities can um, can partake in play on their consoles. Um, so that's really cool. And uh, I'm going to add a new category here to Faye News that I don't usually touch on, which is toys and collectibles. Now, I there's always constantly new collectible news for things like Hasbro figures, um, like the Hasbro Pulse figures they put out, like the Lightning Collection for Power Rangers, or the Marvel Legends figures. And there's always constantly like pop figure news. I'm not going to touch on those um, here on the podcast every week unless it's something that I feel like is significant. Um, but another kind of toys and collectibles brand that I really enjoy is Lego, which I haven't really talked about here too much on the podcast. And it was announced this week that Lego is going to be collaborating with Disney to have a line of sets or minifigures. We're not quite sure like what it is that they're doing with them, but they are going to be collaborating with Disney to celebrate Disney's 100th anniversary as a company this year. So that concludes all of the Faye news. Next up, we're going to get into the weekly topic, which is my top 23 releases for 2023 that I am the most excited for. Alrighty, so let's get into the topic for this week. So I wanted to, I, with the new year, I've, I used to be a resolution person. <laughs> I used to be somebody who would make resolutions. Um, back when I bullet journaled a lot and toward the end of college, um, I used to do all these kinds of like lists for the new year and I would do lists for like the end of the year, um, my favorite things of that year or what I was excited for and all of that. And while I'm not currently um, keeping a bullet journal, I still like that process of kind of thinking about the end of the year and the new year and uh, kind of getting excited, especially as a teacher, the third quarter of the school year. So the January, February, March can get rough sometimes. It's kind of like the dark period of the school year. Cause once you get into the fourth quarter, like you can see the end of the tunnel of the school year. You can feel the kind of like springtime getting close to summer excitement. You've got things like prom and graduation going on, but the third quarter like doesn't really usually have a lot other than like you've got 
spring break to look forward to at the end of it. But anyway, uh, having the new year in there and having this time of like, let's get excited for what's in the year to come. Uh, it can kind of help make that time a little bit easier. And specifically in the past, like 10 years, but even just the past, like couple years, one of the great things in entertainment that has made the first couple months of the year a little easier is now February is becoming a popular time to release more movies. It used to be like January, February, and even March. It was like you don't go to the movies unless you're going to see something that is uh, nominated for the Oscars, really, like awards, an awards movie. And then really you'd get maybe a couple releases in March for like the spring break in terms of like animation or blockbusters or whatever. But most of the franchise films really strictly were just being released back. Like this was even like six or seven years ago. It was just May through August and then November and December. So you had the first like four months of the year was a, like a dry season for content. Um, but I mean, the way things are now, especially with the way COVID changed the industry and streaming is a big thing now, um, <clears throat> there's constantly stuff being pushed out. So for instance, Bad Batch started this week already um, with season two uh, with for Star Wars. And then our first Marvel project of the year, uh, as far as we know right now, unless they announce any Disney Plus shows, um, is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania on February 17th. So we don't have to wait that long for the nerdy stuff. So I feel like it's like it's not premature to start getting excited about the stuff now. So having that all said, <clears throat> I thought... Picking 23 things would be cute. Plus, there's a lot of great stuff that we should get this year as nerds. And so uh, 23 allowed me to kind of include most of the stuff that I am excited for. Um, <clears throat> now, I'm going to start with 23 and go up to one because these are in order for how excited I am for them. Now, this is just right now my excitement. As we get closer to one thing or the other my excitement might grow more or it might wane depending on trailers and more information and all that kind of stuff. Um, this is a mix of different mediums. So we've got um, mostly TV and movies in here, but there's also some uh, video game stuff in here as well. So starting off the list with number 23 is Wish. This is Disney's animated film for the year that it's releasing uh, right before Thanksgiving, um, from Disney Animation. And at D23 this year, they basically described this as they are personifying the wishing star that so many Disney characters have wished upon. And um, this movie is going to star Ariana DeBose as our like female lead who wishes upon the wishing star. Um, it really seems like it's going to be kind of a return to form with like the fairy tale story for Disney. 
Um, and it'll probably be a musical if I had to guess, since we have fairy tale elements. And I just really like the kind of like fairy idea of personifying the wishing star. Next at number 22 is the D&D movie. The, this movie doesn't look particularly like groundbreaking story-wise, but it just looks fun. And it looks like they, the creators of the movie understood the assignment. They were like, let's take why people want to play D&D, right? To get together, have a good time, and yuck around, right? At least that's why I like... I enjoy playing D&D and put that into a movie. So Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves looks like it's just going to be a fun ride. Like it's going to be like a romp and I'm here for it. And um, that's coming pretty soon in March. So that'll be kind of one of our spring movies to tide us over before we get to the summer movie season. Next, at number 21, I have Transformers Rise of the Beasts. The Transformers franchise is one that I have a love-hate relationship with. Um, I I used to be, like, such a big Transformers fan. Like, when I was younger, I had a lot of the toys. Um, I remember the first Transformers film came out right around my birthday, the the first Michael Bay one rather. And I remember that's what I asked to, for, to do for my birthday was to go see it. Uh, so I've seen all the, the Transformers movies in theaters. I used to have the, um, the animated movie from the eighties on VHS that I would watch all the time. So like this franchise is one that I do really enjoy but I mean, let's be honest, the last couple Michael Bay Transformer movies were not the best. <laughs> the Last Night was a little rough. Uh, Age of Extinction was a little rough. But Bumblebee was good. Like, I really enjoyed Bumblebee. It was actually the movie that. Um, my husband and I saw on our first date and it really specifically with the designs of the characters, it looks like they are going to take a cue from Bumblebee and go with a little bit more simple designs for the um, Transformers in this film. And it, I don't know. It just the the trailer got me excited. We'll we'll see. It seems like this is a new status quo, a new uh, kind of timeline, if you will, that is stemming from the Bumblebee movie. So we'll see. Number twenty is the Haunted Mansion movie. Nothing really in particular about like the talent associated with this movie is getting me excited. I'm just excited because I love the Haunted Mansion ride. It's my favorite ride at Disney. And it looks like based on some of the people they've picked for the cast, that this movie should have the right tone that the ride has that kind of like, you're a little scared, but also it's funny uh, kind of tone. Number 19 
is the Disney Plus show um, from the MCU Ironheart. Um, I really liked Riri Williams in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I thought her introduction to the MCU was very seamless. And I thought she was like well integrated into the plot of that movie. I thought it was interesting that the um, Shuri kept the suit they made in Wakanda. Like they didn't, Shuri didn't want that tech leaving Wakanda. And so Riri is going back having learned a lot, but she doesn't have a new suit or anything. So she's probably going to need to make a new one at the start of the show. So it'll be interesting to see um, more about her as a character. And also based on what we've seen with set leaks and uh, castings, it seems like oddly enough, the magic side of the MCU is going to have some presence in the show uh, in an interesting way. Uh, so I'm excited for that. Number 18 on my list is Echo. So another Marvel Disney Plus show. Um, Maya Lopez was such a cool character in Hawkeye, the way they introduced her, the way they set her up as this kind of anti-villain in that series. And uh, her ending, the way it ended on a cliffhanger with her confrontation with uh, Fisk with Kingpin was really interesting. So I'm glad that we're going to continue that thread. There's also rumors that uh, Matt Murdock will, oh wait, maybe it's not rumors. Maybe it was confirmed that Matt Murdock will show up in the show as Daredevil. So that's um, Echo. I believe that's coming out toward the latter end of the year, like fall 2023. Number 17 is Skeleton Crew. This show was announced at Star Wars Celebration last year. This show has been described as kind of a Goonies, Stranger Things, uh, Amblin, like so Steven Spielberg's production company, sort of um, story set in the Star Wars universe. I believe it is set in the same era as the mandalorian so that time between return of the jedi and the force awakens and it stars jude law as kind of our main adult character um i am interested to see what this show is all about and i am intrigued and and it's star wars and it sounds like it's something new and this is being created by john watts uh, who directed the three Tom Holland Spider-Man movies. And he definitely understands younger characters. I mean, Homecoming is a great, like, teen comedy. Uh, and so is Far From Home. Uh, they're both great teen comedies in addition to Spider-Man movies. Number 16 on my list is season two of The Bad Batch Now. My big caveat here, which I will admit, <laughs> is that I have not watched season one of The Bad Batch yet. So that is why, um, so I haven't watched the two episodes of season two that premiered this week. Um, I'll probably, um, going to cover Bad Batch season two once it wraps. I'm hoping that I watch it by then. Big reason why is that my husband, uh, until about 
a week and a half ago had not seen Star Wars Rebels before. And I had heard that Bad Batch has appearances from Rebels characters when they're younger. And so I did not want him to watch the Bad Batch until he had seen Rebels because we uh, we watched the final season of the Clone Wars together. So we, we know about the Bad Batch characters and all of that. And so he finally is watching Rebels now. We finished season three yesterday. We're probably going to try to finish season four within the next couple of days. Uh, and then we will uh, be watching the Bad Batch very soon and then got caught up with it. So I'm hoping by the time season two ends, I will be caught up on it all. And then I'll be able to cover it on here, but I'm still excited for it based on what I've seen in trailers, um, what storylines they seem to be covering that era directly after episode three is a really interesting time to kind of see um, on screen that transition from the Republic to the empire. So I'm, I'm excited for it. Number 15 on my list is the live action Little Mermaid movie coming out this year. The first teaser that we got out of D23 was like the perfect teaser, taking that original trailer that aired for the original animated movie and just recreating that for this new movie was a great choice. Now, that being said, one of the biggest issues I have with the recent remake of the lion king was that it was the same movie except they took out things that i enjoyed specifically be prepared i don't want this live action little mermaid to be a shot for shot remake of the animated movie i think that i best case scenario for this is that it kind of does what the live action beauty and the beast and uh jungle book movies do which is they take the original story they do the original story but they add to it they expand upon it they add some interesting elements in there that's what i'm hoping this movie does uh and it seems like they are going to be adding some new music I think the a live action Aladdin does that really well as well. Um, number 14 on my list is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Now, while I don't really like that title, it doesn't feel like an Indiana Jones title. I just love Indiana Jones as a franchise. And... I will be excited to just spend more time with this character. And even though I know some are a little worried about um, what Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character can be like, I really like her as an actress. I really like LG in Solo, and I like her work on Fleabag. And so I think she will have a lot of snark and bounce very well off of indie which is what you you kind of need for a companion character for indiana jones i think one of the things that doesn't really work about temple of doom is that both of the characters he's spending a lot of time with 
um, can't match his wit very well because it's a kid. And then I can't remember her name. The blonde that he's with in that movie, she is just screaming the whole time. <laughs> um, but the reason why Indy and Marion work so great together, and even in um, Crystal Skull, I think they work really well together, is that Marion doesn't take Indy's crap, and she she pushes back a little bit. And so I think Phoebe Waller-Bridge has that kind of wit and um, abrasiveness that will go really well with Indy as a character, especially with him as an older character here. Number third, also, wait, also the director of Dial of Destiny is James Mangold, director of Logan and the Wolverine. And that excites me definitely a lot. Number 13 on my list is Barbie. I was like, my curiosity was piqued by the fact that Greta Gerwig was making this film. The fact that we had heard from different sources that there were possibly multiple Barbies and multiple Kens in the movie. And so that definitely intrigued me, but really it was the first teaser that they released for this movie that got me the most excited seeing the comedic kind of tongue in cheek approach that they're taking with, with this film gives me a lot of hope. It seems like this is going to be, I know some have, some have already kind of described it this way, but it seems like, uh, people are kind of comparing this to maybe like a live action uh, Lego movie. Like kind of instead of just being like, let's take the story of the toy and bring it to life. It's a movie that really embraces the themes and ideas around the toy and the toy's history. So having a film that kind of pokes fun at the like, over-the-top depiction and expectations of people, specifically women, which I know Greta Gerwig can definitely do based on her previous work, uh, is a great way to kind of take that and to have it be like so bright and over-the-top visually like we see in that teaser um, is perfect for it as well. Uh, number 12 on my list is the Marvels. Simply because, well, not simply. One, director Nia DaCosta. Nia DaCosta's uh, Candyman movie that came out in 2020 was so well-directed, visually stunning, specifically the lighting um, the use of light and color in that movie was awesome. And all three of our main characters for the Marvels have light-based powers, so that should lend really well to um, her directing. But also with the Marvels, we're getting Aman Vellani coming back as uh, Kamala Khan, as Ms. Marvel. We're getting 
uh, Tiana Paris back as as Monica Rambeau, and she was awesome in WandaVision. And we're getting Carol back. And I, I, we got so little of Carol in Endgame, but what we did get told us, like gave us, dropped such interesting information about her as a character that it makes me really excited to see what her next outing is going to be. So, uh, and seeing the three characters together will be really cool. So I'm going to take a quick break here. We're kind of at the halfway point of the list before we get into numbers 11 through number one. So take a quick break here and then we'll be right back. Alrighty, uh, we are back from that little break. So now I'm going to go through my numbers 11 through number one, the most excited nerdy things for 2023. Number 11, just outside of my top 10 most excited things, is the Super Mario Brothers movie. What the heck is Illumination actually going to make a movie that hits on all of the nostalgia of decades worth of Mario content that everybody has. What the heck? Like what? (laughs) Just the visuals alone for this movie. It, it just in a way that, um, in a way that the live action beauty and the beast movie is kind of, like gilded fairy tales on an 11 this looks like video game like mario 3d on an 11 it looks like they like took <laughs> like this looks just looks like a movie where you're gonna want to pause it and look at every single frame and look at all the details in the background it's like so densely packed with stuff to look at which is just cool um and the i mean it looks like they're gonna do some really interesting world building in this movie uh like i I don't know i I don't know i'm surprised i don't really care for chris pratt as the voice of mario um it's weird we've had like the same guy voicing mario for our entire lives and so it's weird to have somebody else's voice coming out of a character that's so iconic. But I think with everything else in the movie, I will get over it. Also, Jack Black as Bowser is perfect. <laughs> Number 10 uh, on my list is Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania. Now, I know the first two Ant-Man movies are not the biggest in scope and scale for the MCU. But uh, they're funny. They're um, great movies about family, and I really think that Quantumania is going to continue with that theme. I like that it looks like Cassie is going to be one of our main characters, that it's really, this movie is really um, a Scott, Hope, and Cassie film. 
I like that we're going to get more about Janet's time in the quantum realm, and it really seems like maybe Janet and Kang have a history in the quantum realm, and that will be interesting. Is it a romantic history? Because that will be an extra wrinkle in there. Um, it just, this movie, it looks like they're taking the best pieces of the previous two Ant-Man films and they're bringing in a more grander scope and scale uh, on this kind of weird um, it, like portal journey that the family, that the Lang and um, Van Dyne and um, Pym families are going on. Next at number nine on my list is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Um, Into the Spider-Verse is just such a wonderful movie. And more than any other movie, any other comic book movie, it really uses the animation style to make you feel like you're reading a comic. Um, I think the before into the spider-verse the only movie that really did this that that made me feel the same kind of way um was like the lego movie and the lego batman movie the way that like the lego movie like when guns are being fired you hear like pew, 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 pew. like that they took that but then thought about comics as a medium and how you could translate that into film. And so little details like little onomatopoeias popping up when things like hit people in the movie, or just the way that the movement looks almost like you're looking at different comic panels. Um, and the movie into the Spider-Verse is just such a wonderful movie. And that alone has got me excited for Across the Spider-Verse. The trailers, um, I'm not sure what the story is here, but I'm intrigued. I mean, we've got Oscar Isaac as Miguel O'Hara. Haley Steinfeld is back as Spider-Gwen. We've got our, like, Miles here. Uh, there's rumors, or there's... We're going to get Jessica Drew in the movie, voiced by Issa Rae. So we've got a great cast. It looks like we're going to see more of the multiverse and so more of the Spider-Verse. And so that'll be exciting. Number eight on my list is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild was the first game I played on my Switch when I got it as a graduation gift to myself when I graduated college. I love that game. And I mean, I love open world games in general. And the fact that we're getting a sequel to that game, it based on the, the trailer we've gotten, it looks like it's going to be just as gorgeous and have the same kind of scope and scale. So I'm very, very excited for that. Number seven on my list is X-Men 97. Um, X-Men the Animated Series was a staple of my Saturday mornings growing up. 
when they would, uh, this might age me a little bit, when they would re-air the episodes on JetX, um, like right before Power Rangers would come on, they'd show like Spider-Man the Animated Series, X-Men the Animated Series, and then Power Rangers. Or like getting vhs tapes of like a set of episodes of this show and watching that and uh one of the first things i did when disney plus came out was i rewatched x-men the animated series um because i just the the way that the original show adapted the comic book storylines of the 70s and 80s so well is awesome and to get this series to continue where we're going to see more iconic storylines adapted into animation will be really cool i also think since it's being made by marvel studios this will probably be a testing ground for how they approach mutants in the mcu at large i really think they're gonna kind of throw certain characters in the mix and in the show in in x-men 97 to see fan reaction so if fans are like not feeling it about a particular character but they are about others that will tell the mcu which characters they may want to bring into the fold a little bit faster so that'll be interesting to see uh number six on my list is uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Before my winter break this year, I had not played Fallen Order. I'd watched my husband play it, and I really liked what I'd seen of it. But um, the kind of like third-person action RPGs, where it's very kind of like boss battle based, is not usually my style of game that I like playing. So I played it on story mode, <laughs> no shame, because I, I was playing it to experience the story and I just really enjoyed it. Um, the the game, this these games are just very well made. The story is really interesting. It's exploring that time period between episode three and four with all new characters. So I'll be really interested to see what they do with the sequel. Hopefully the... Um, scope is a little bit bigger maybe more planets maybe or more areas um it really looks like they're going to try to expand things a little bit here so now we're into the top five things i'm most excited for for 2023 number five mandalorian season three book of boba fett was as a whole a little rough <laughs> but the two episodes of the book of boba fett that we got that were basically mandalorian episodes were perfect um it i it got me it's it has me so excited for this season three of this show to see where they take uh dinjar and, and grogu as characters to see where they expand upon bo katan's story the story of mandalore uh this show has done a great job of expanding just the lore in general of star wars thank you dave filoni and i feel like the show will probably also tee up what we're going to see um in ahsoka's show 
uh, later this year as well. Number, and also it's coming like right around the corner, March 1st. It's, it, it's almost here. Uh, number four on my list is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I love the Guardians as characters. I love their movies. Um, the the two movies so far have kind of been their own thing tonally that the comics have tried to kind of mimic. Um, and interestingly enough, it looks like this third one is going to bring in more of the tone of the Abnett and Lanning Guardians comics that followed the Annihilation uh, event in the comics, or the Annihilation Conquest event in the comics, rather. And I really like that run of Guardians and how it explores the characters. We get in the trailer, we get like those costumes on the Guardians, which is cool to see. Um, but it looks like we're really going to get like sincere with comedy rather than comedy with sincerity, which is, I feel like would be, is the way they kind of approached volume two, which I, I really enjoyed volume two. So getting a little bit more serious now, especially after the events of Endgame, I think is appropriate for this franchise. Um, Adam Warlock's an interesting character to introduce, Cosmo was introduced in the holiday special and will be a part of the movie. And I'm really interested to see where they go with like Gamora as a character. They're bringing in some elements of Rocket's origin story, the high evolutionaries in it. There's a lot of really cool elements going on here. Number three on my list is Marvel's secret invasion. This might partially be, be, proximity because we're pretty sure this is going to be the first live action MCU show of 2023. But that trailer they released of the show just makes this look like such a cool, like spy sci-fi political thriller that it should be. I think the biggest worry that most people have is that the storyline that this show is based on the original secret invasion storyline is all about the reader being blindsided and finding out that characters they care about have for a while in the comics been scrolls. And it seems like fury and roadie at least based on the trailer, are the biggest names that we're going to see in the show. And so I think that's worried some fans that they're going to, they're taking what should be like this big movie level event and making it a series with less scope. But we have Samuel Jackson, Don Cheadle, Colby Smulders, Olivia Coleman, Amelia Clark, um, Martin Freeman, Probably Val, <laughs> like uh, probably um, Julia Louis-Dreyfus coming back as well. Such an amazing cast. Of, oh, Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Such an amazing cast of characters here that the acting, you know, is going to be amazing. Like, I feel like since maybe Loki, 
this will be the Disney Plus show that feels the closest to like the prestige television of like HBO on Disney Plus. So that'll be really interesting. Number two on my list is Agatha Coven of Chaos. I love Wanda. I love WandaVision. I love Agatha in her MCU form, but also I am, and the more that I learn about her from the comics, the more I really like her. This show just seems to be like it was, it's being made for me, everything more that we learn about it. We're probably getting uh, an Asia Billy in the show and our, and Wiccan in the MCU. There's rumors that the show is going to have Wanda appear at one point, maybe toward the end. There's rumors the show is going to adapt the famous Children's Crusade storyline from the comics, which is amazing. Um, Catherine Hunt as Agatha is perfect. Maybe we'll get Paul, Bet- Paul Bettany as White Vision again. Um, Aubrey Plaza is going to be in the show. There's some great comedic actors that have been cast in the show. Um, it's definitely going to touch on Westview again. So, like, there's a lot of elements here that I'm just really, really excited about. And especially after playing Midnight Suns, I feel like there's so much untapped witchy potential in the Marvel Universe that the MCU could really kind of um, adapt. That would be really cool. And to see where they go from there and kind of build on Agatha's backstory and who she is as a character based on like the little that we know from WandaVision will be really cool to see. Lastly, number one on my list, the thing that I'm most excited for, for 2023, similar to Coven of Chaos, unfortunately, is slated for the end of the year, so I've got a little bit to wait, is Ahsoka. Like, Ahsoka's my favorite Star Wars character. She has been for a while, um, pretty much since I want since the end of Rebels, really, since uh, that is when she kind of overtook Yoda as my favorite Star Wars character. And Rosario Dawson is perfect casting for an adult Ahsoka. Her appearance in Mandalorian season two and in season and in Book of Boba Fett um, were great, but having Ahsoka have her own show that she gets to lead, it'll be like um, the final season of Clone Wars with her as a character. I love the Ahsoka book and the era that the Mandalorian is in, this era between Return of the Jedi and um, The Force Awakens is a much friendlier era to Force users than like the era between episodes three and four, the era of like rebels. And so it'll be really interesting to see is she going to embrace this title? Like that people think she's a Jedi. Is she going to work with Luke? Like, will Luke be a big part of the show? Um, Where it really seems like also this show is going to be a sequel to rebels in a way, since we know where 
that one of her big things she's going to be looking for is um, Thrawn. And continuing that story from the from the end of Rebels, so it'll be really. I'm just really excited to see how the show develops, to just watch it. And uh, in Dave Filoni, we trust with Star Wars, right? He he gets Lucas's vision, but also brings mature storytelling and uh, wonderful world building. To Star Wars, uh, and so, yeah, I'm super excited for the show. So that concludes my 23 things I'm most excited to see in 2023 uh, for nerdy fandom things. You may notice that there is no DC on here. I originally had Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on this list, and Shazam: Fury of the Gods. But I took them off to put other things on here because, honestly, with all of the DC mess, the DC nonsense going on, the uncertainty around, are we starting from scratch? Are we um, continuing with some of these characters until I know more about the trajectory of the DC movie universe? I can't really get excited for any of the upcoming movies for me at least. And so hopefully we get that soon. It's uh, some have said that we'll this month get more information about the future of DC. So when James Gunn releases that, maybe I'll be able to get more excited about these movies. Um, so that concludes our main topic for today. Well, thank you for joining me today in discussing my releases of 2023 that I'm most excited for. I would love to hear on social media what you're excited to see in 2023. Maybe you had some things, maybe you have some things on your list that I didn't put on mine. Maybe you're more excited about some things uh, than, than I am, or maybe you're feeling the same vibe that I'm feeling. If you are listening and enjoying the podcast, please give it a review on your podcasting platform of choice. That would be so helpful. If you leave a question in a five-star review, I will answer it next week on the podcast. Also, if you have a friend who would like the podcast, make sure to share it with them to help grow our little community here. Once again, I am Miller C. Lashbrook. You can find me on Twitter at Mill C. Lashbrook, on Instagram at Miller C. Lashbrook. And for more Pop Culture Fay, you can head to our website, popculturefay.com, for blog posts and more content. If you would like to leave a voice message for the podcast or financially support the podcast, you can do so by going to anchor.fm slash popculturefay. Lastly, I hope that you all have a fantastic, fantastic day. Have a great week, and I hope to find you the next time you wander into the forest of pop culture fate.